Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? It is your boy, Will. We are back with another episode. As you guys could tell, did not post on Tuesday. Um, schedule's getting a little hectic. School's starting to get a little bit more. Um, so I just really don't have the time to post twice a week and uh, edit it and be able to post on other platforms and stuff. So we are going to go down to just one a week. I am very, very sorry about that. I did not want to go down to one a week. I like the two week. I thought it was helping us grow and stuff, but you know, it, it, it helps with like a, a quality thing. You know, it's more of a, you know, put out better content rather than how much content and, you know, you're able to get all the good information and stuff. Um, so I personally enjoy it, but we might move off of Fridays and change it to Wednesdays. I'll just have to see. Because by a lot of the times, you know, uh, you can record on the Tuesdays or maybe even the late the late Mondays and then be able to get it out for Wednesday. And so the information is kind of up to date and people haven't been able to hear from everybody else and all these different things. And you're not waiting till the last minute. So it's very possible that we could start posting on Wednesdays. I still have to decide on that, but it's definitely a possibility. But we are doing just once a week uh, for the remain for the time being. OK, um, got that announcement out the way. You guys know we start off every episode with motivation. That's how it goes. Uh, I had a guy. He came through. So you guys know I, I work at Chick-fil-A. And he came through the drive through line. And I don't know. He was just going through something. Like sometimes you can just look at somebody and be like, dang, that dude, like, I don't know. Stuff must be hard for him because, like, he looked genuinely sad. And I was like, dang. And so I brought him his food. And I was like, you know, order for yada, yada. And he's like, yeah, that's me. And like, you know, had like a, a quiet, a solemn voice, you know, it went, like a lot of times it's, your voice isn't, isn't really upbeat if you're just getting your food, you know, but like sometimes, you know, people smile and not, but like, you know, like he was still super, super upset. And I was just like, okay, you know, like I obviously didn't make a facial expression. I didn't say anything, but he said something and, but he said, yeah, like, yeah, that's me. Hand him his food. And I look at him and I'm like. Hey, bro, are you are you all right? And he was like, he was like, bro, I don't remember the last time somebody asked me that. I was like, dang, dog, like you, like you good? Like you need a hug? And he was like, no, no, it's all right. And um, he was like, I just been going through some stuff, and you know, it's it's just hard out here. And I was like, yeah, man, it is. You're right. But I was like, if you think about it, uh, no matter how day your how bad your day is going, just know that there's people out there that didn't wake up this morning. I mean, I, you know, whenever you wake up for school, you don't want to go to school. You don't want to go to work. You don't do those things. Like you just want to do you and just chill. You know, you, you just want to stay home and do whatever you want to do. Okay. You don't want to go have to take care of all your responsibilities because sometimes you just want to chill. Sometimes you do want to do what you got to do, but sometimes you just want to chill. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to realize that every day is a gift. Not every day is promised. Uh, you don't know whenever you're not going to wake up. It's, it just happens, you know, some days just going to happen. You're just not going to wake up. And then just like that, you're gone. And so I had, um, I talked to him and I was like, look, bro, like there's a lot going on, but I was like, at least you woke up. I was like, I know a couple people who didn't wake up and that's, that's just how the world works. Like it sucks. That's how it works. And, uh, I gave him a fist bump and he had a little tear and I was like, look, bro, if there's anything I can tell you, I was like, go pray on it. I was like, even if you don't believe in God, I was like, you need to go pray or do something like sit in a corner and just talk to yourself. If that's what you got to do. I was like, you can't just, you know, avoid it. 
you can't just let it go past you. Like you got to talk about it in some type of aspect. Right? And I tell people like, you know, even if you don't believe in God or, you know, you're not like very religious, like look in the mirror and just talk to yourself. If you don't feel like you can open up to anybody, you know, just, just having that saying it out loud and then thinking about it and like you seeing yourself and how it affects you. You're like, yeah, I don't want this to affect me the way it's affecting me right now. I got to change something. All right. And so I'll tell you, all every day is a blessing. Okay, you got people keep taking it for granted. I do take it for granted sometimes, but every day is a blessing. Every day is a gift. Make sure you make the most of it. Okay, as Lil Tekka said, if you're going to get a bag, why wait? Everybody talking about want to do everything, all these travel the world, make all this money, have this successful lifestyle. And it's like, why are you waiting? You got, oh, you got to get a degree first? Nah, bro. Start now. There's nothing wrong with getting a degree, but that doesn't mean that you have to wait four years to start getting out there. Like, no. I literally went to a career fair yesterday. Do I think I'm going to get an internship or a job out of it? No, because for the most part, they're looking for juniors and seniors, but I'm getting my name out there. I'm still getting out there and I'm still putting in the work while other freshmen and sophomores were just sitting at the crib because they didn't want to go. Me, I didn't even bring no clothes. I literally went back home, drove all the way back to go to it just to, you know, talk to the people. And who knows? I might have something lined up because I put myself out there. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you just, you know, people take stuff for granted, but you just got to make the most of your opportunities no matter what they are. Now, got that out of the way. Let's get into the good stuff. The good stuff. <clears throat> Obviously, we had week three. Week three came. Week three went. Um, I got, I got a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, first thing I want to talk about before I give the week three recap. Um. Trevor Simeon was signed by the New York Jets. How are we feeling about it? Okay. If we look at the, the, the QB free agent market, um, I was pretty, you know, like it's, there's some decent options out there, but as far as like the older guys, the, they really don't want to come out of retirement, you know, or like even, even if like Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's not necessarily retired, but he's in the office. He's in, you know, he's he's calling games and stuff, and he seems to enjoy that. He's actually pretty decent at it. And so I, you know, I think calling him was a waste of time. And then Carson Wentz has a whole injury thing going on. Uh, he just has some nagging injuries, so I wasn't crazy about them calling him either. Trevor Simeon was just out of left field, though, for me, completely honest. Um, I mean, everybody's different, but I was like, of all the options, Trevor Simeon, really? You know? Because um, I thought there were better options out there. I... Look, a lot of people don't like it, but I'm not going to lie. Colin Kaepernick is not a bad quarterback. Now, do I think he's a long-term option? Absolutely not. But he's not a bad quarterback. Okay? But I know for some owners, like the whole, you know, kneeling for the anthem thing, they take it very much to heart. And I feel like if you guys saw, he sent that letter to the Jets. Well, we got J. Cole to send it to the Jets, and J. Cole had posted it, whatever, to kind of spread awareness on it. And um, Colin Kaepernick was basically like, like, just give me a chance, yada, yada. But I feel like they they talked to him or talked to his agent, and they're like, okay, but you can't kneel for the anthem. He's like, no, I'm still going to kneel for the anthem. And they're like, okay, then never mind. I feel like that is, you know, part of the reason as to – um why he isn't getting signed because they're like we don't want you to do that he's like oh well, well i'm gonna do it and they're like no like that's the whole point so i feel like that's part of the reason why he hadn't got signed but i'm not gonna lie 
don't know if y'all remember Colin Kaepernick for the 49ers. That man was crazy. He literally brought them to the NFC Championship like two or three times. I mean, they were studs, okay? And then that year he started the kneeling thing and then got cut and stuff, and they kind of just spiraled down from there. But it was, they were crazy, all right? I mean, like, they went to the Super Bowl twice, I think. They didn't win, but still, they were they were pretty, pretty good. They were pretty successful, you know? And uh, that was whenever Pat- Patrick Willis was there, so that defense was super bolstered, of course. Um, and it's kind of crazy that they were that good even during the Legion of Boom, you know? Uh, they, I mean, they just weren't even phased by Seahawks defense, which I was a little surprised by. But Trevor Simeon, obviously gets signed by the Jets. Is he going to start at quarterback on Sunday night football against the Chiefs? No, absolutely not. Is it definitely going to be Zach Wilson? Now, if Zach Wilson throws two picks in the first half, we could see Trevor get in, but I'm not overly crazy about it. I just don't see it happening. Um, now, next week, possibly, it just it, it it's a matter of how the wide receivers feel about Zach Wilson, how Zach Wilson is delivering the ball. Because if Zach Wilson starts pissing off Garrett Wilson, they're going to be like, Zach Wilson, piss off. You know, because they'd rather stick with Garrett than Zach. Because Garrett is literally off of the rookie of the year. Like, he's a future superstar. Uh, Zach Wilson's not. He's a cougar hunter, all right? So, I, I think Trevor Simeon could get some PT. But like I said, it's just a matter of the relationship and the chemistry and how well he learns the offense. Now, he is only 31. He's not overly old. For the quarterback position, that's not overly old. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is 28. Now, at the quarterback position, once you hit 34, then you're kind of getting that old guy. Now, for receivers, it's usually like 29. 29 and older, you're kind of getting that old guy. Now, I'm not saying that age is old. I'm saying in the NFL, at that position, you are considered an older guy. All right? Kinda, I, I didn't even realize, but it's crazy to think Patrick Mahomes is 28. My gosh, I thought dude was like 26 or something, but no, he's 28. Uh, dude's a superstar, though. He's crazy. He's going to be better than Brady. You can quote me on that. Patrick Mahomes is going to be better than Tom Brady. I don't care what you say. Do I think he's going to win six, six, seven rings? Do I think he's going to win seven rings? I don't know. I feel like that is up in the air because I don't think Patrick is going to play that long. I think Tom Brady played that long because he felt, because he just, I don't know, he just didn't want to step away from the game and but I feel like Patrick Mahomes with as much money as he has off to the side and like, you know, raising this young, young family. I, th- I don't think he'll play as long as Brady. So I don't think he'll be able to get the seven rings, but I think he'll have all the quarterback records from passing yards, touchdowns and all those different things. I think he'll have those for sure. Um, except for the QB rushing records. He's not going to have those, obviously, but all the, all the cool ones, all the cool ones, especially the passing yards record, which should have been Breeze. It should have been Drew Brees' record if Tom Brady didn't play another year. So. Oh, so aggravating. Oh, sorry. I take that very personal. You know, as a as a second to a Saints fan, you know. Obviously Chiefs number one, Saints number two. We've talked about this every time. All right. Um, Drew Brees was a heavily underrated stud. Nobody talks about him. Nobody, like, really gives him his recognition. But, like, the dude was a beast. Okay. I remember he had the passing yard record for one game. They literally created a graphic and everything. Had it for one game. And then Tom Brady, like, broke it the next week or something. And I was like, all right, this is just going to get annoying, right? So that was pretty frustrating, but it's all right. It's all right. Drew Brees still a stud. Um, but, yeah, no, Trevor Simeon, I don't I, – I highly doubt he plays this week, but I think next week could see something. Like I said, it's just a matter of relationship and what, what, what he brings to the team and how the team feels about him. Because there are some guys that are like, we should give Zach Wilson another chance. 
and oh you aren't giving Zach Wilson another chance well you know now you're frustrated and they don't really want to practice or play because they don't want to uh, play with somebody who hasn't even been through it with them you know somebody who just got picked up and is like getting lucky so understandable but at the same time the Jets are a business they need to win games and to be quite frank I don't think they are winning games with Zach Wilson at the helm all right if I'm being completely honest now, week three recap. Obviously, some good games going on. Some games that very frustrated me and wanted to break my TV happened as well. All right. I'll just go through the list. I'm going to tell you all the scores, the teams. Um, and then we're going to go back and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to, we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about which games specifically were absolutely absurd. Browns beat the Titans 27-3, no surprises. Lions beat the Falcons 20-6, also no surprises there. I thought the Falcons could do a little bit more. I was a little disappointed in B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. For Jameer Gibbs being the, you know, the leading running back with no David Montgomery, 17 carries and only 80 yards. I was a little disappointed. If you guys do the math, this is a little more than four yards a carry, which is pretty good. But I don't know. I feel like if you get 15-plus carries, I feel like you should have... 100 plus yards. But maybe I'm just saying that because he didn't get in the end zone, so the stat line doesn't look as good. If he would have gotten the end zone, it probably would have looked better. Um, Packers rallied against the Saints 18 to 17. Gosh, I'm going to talk about the game in depth. Oh my gosh, it made me so mad. Dolphins put a 70 bomb on the Broncos. In all of my years of watching the NFL, I have never seen more than like 55 points. And I like that's a lot. 70 is crazy. I'm not even gonna lie. 70 is absolutely wild. This game, obviously, I, I think the Dolphins scored a they uh no. They scored a touchdown just about every single drive. All right. But it got to the point where they were um they were up. 56 to 13, and Tua was still in the game. Okay. But after that drive, because they scored and it was 56 13, then um, they put Mike White in after that. But I was like, 56 to 13, you're still in. You know, they took Patrick Mahomes out whenever they were up 41 to 0. So I was kind of like, mm, all right, what's going on, Dolphins? Why are we doing this? But. I was also kind of surprised with, um, I don't know, what, what the Dolphins did. But respect Mike McDaniels for not kicking the field goal and, you know, shattering the record or whatever. I thought that was pretty classy. Me, personally, I'm not going to lie. In Madden, obviously, I'm going to kick the field goal because I don't care. But RL, I'm probably still going to kick the field goal because I'm not going to lie. That is, like, a historic record. Like, now my name is in the record books forever, okay? I'm that much of a mastermind. My record, my name is in the record books forever, and can't nobody do nothing about it. Because 73 in 60 minutes is crazy. Absolutely insane. But yeah, I personally would have kicked the field goal and took the record because I'm selfish, but Mike McDaniels did it. And probably probably because he would have got bad press if he did, knowing how the league works, bro. He probably got bad press, and I feel like they would have fined him or something. Um Chargers beat the Vikings 28-24. Justin Herbert is him. 405 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, absolutely insane masterclass. 
Keenan Allen had 18 catches for 215 of Justin Herbert's 405 yards. He had he had more than half of Justin Herbert's passing yards, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Mike uh, Williams obviously out for the season with the torn ACL. Very, very upsetting. Um, now, if you guys know, I told you at the beginning of the season, don't draft Mike Williams in fantasy. He's just so injury prone. I, I can never take myself to draft him. Because the his rookie year I did, he got injured. And I was like, oh, darn, okay, whatever. But I just can't take myself to draft him. And I told you, I was like, look, this guy is so injury prone. Do not draft him. Do not waste the draft pick. I promise you there's better value out there. And there's better value that's going to play. Mike Williams is not going to play. All right? So, um, unfortunate for the guy. Um, you know, you, you never want to see somebody go down like that. But he did, which is which sucks for sure. Um. Patriots beat the Jets 15 to 10 in a freaking snoozer. Bills killed the Commanders 37 to 3. Sam Howell played absolutely terrible in this game. He had a good couple rushes, but he threw four hits. Four interceptions, guys. That was not that's not Sam Howell. I, I don't know who that was, but that was not Sam Howell. Because Sam Howell does not do that. I don't know what happened. He he was just tripping. I, I, he was just tripping Sunday. I don't know what happened to him though, because that's not Sam Howell. Texans absolutely destroyed the Jaguars, thirty-seven to seventeen. Tank Dell is a stud. I'm sure you guys have seen everybody's hitting you up like waiver wires and stuff, and they said get Tank Dell. They said get Nico Collins last week. I told y'all, said hold off on Nico Collins because Nico Collins is not the number one guy. Tank Dell is the number one guy. They're going to keep Nico Collins as their wide receiver one on the depth chart and put Tank Dell wide receiver two. So in other words, Nico Collins is going to be the Z, Tank Dell is going to be the X. So more than likely, Nico Collins is always going to have the better corner on him because he is the Z. Tank Dell being the X, he'll probably have a little bit of a weaker corner. So he's going to blow up because this guy is absolutely insane. He's nutty. The guys that pick him up in your league sucks to stink. Because I drafted him in multiple leagues, and I started him this past week, and thank goodness, because Guy dropped 25. He went absolutely crazy. Um, but that was a shocker of a game. Texans winning by 20. I was like, wow. You know, C.J. Stroud masterclass. I ain't gonna lie, C.J. Stroud for all of his rookie year is really, really there. I can't say Bijan right now, because Bijan just doesn't have the touchdown. C.J. Stroud does not have a single interception this year. He looks like a stud. Now, my pre-draft analysis, I wouldn't run into podcasting, but I was telling everybody, I was like, look, I'm telling y'all, C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this class. Bryce Young is probably going to go number one, even though that's not the kind of player, like, this isn't the, that's not the kind of quarterback that Frank Reich likes, but C.J. Stroud is going to be the best quarterback in this class. Sure enough, he's really, really looking like it. I wasn't crazy about Anthony Richardson because, you know, mobile quarterbacks, there's always some kind of injury that lingers, and then boom, just like that, they're done or they're not the same. Lamar Jackson... Has had a couple of injuries and he's been a little banged up, but for the most part, he's still up on that elite level. Uh, obviously, not his MVP season, that was crazy, but he's still a very elite quarterback. And I think um, Anthony Richardson is like a, a, a small version of him, but I think Anthony Richardson, he, you know, you got to get the injuries right and then we'll, we'll assess it and see how we go from it from there. Colts beat the Ravens 22 19. I didn't even say the Colts, I need to say Matt Gay. Mad Gay hit four field goals for over that were 50 plus yards. That is an NFL record. Okay. Absolute ice in his veins. Guy's a stud. Okay. Obviously hit the game winning field goal in OT as well. Huge, huge performance for Mad Gay. 
Um, Colts got bailed out. I'm not even going to lie because Ravens should have won that game. Colts got bailed out. But still, at the end of the day, it was a fairly good game. I'm not even going to lie. Even if it goes into overtime, it's a good game. Okay. Seahawks beat the Panthers by 10. I was not surprised by this. Now, in my dynasty league, I told y'all about it. I had Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got injured. This week, I picked up Andy Dalton because Bryce Young went playing. Andy Dalton was on waivers. Picked up Andy Dalton. Started Andy Dalton. Dude dropped like 26 for me and saved me that this past week. Thank goodness for the Red Rocket. Red Rocket takeover, like I said in the last episode, I'll tell you, every time Andy Dalton just replaces somebody for a game, he goes crazy and drops like at least 280 plus passing yards. Every single time. I don't know why. I just I just don't get it. But like if he's a consistent starter, he's not as good. But if you replace somebody for one game, oh my gosh, he's he's the best quarterback alive. I have no I have no clue what gets in his in his veins, but he just goes crazy. Um my Chiefs. Killed the Bears, 41-10. No surprises. I was very frustrated, though, because I had Patrick Mahomes over 283 passing yards and Travis Kelsey over 70 and a half receiving yards. Kelsey finished with 69. Patrick Mahomes finished with 272 simply because they did not play the back half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Otherwise, they would have won that with – I would have hit that bet with ease. With ease, I tell you. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. But I, I rather – I don't want to put Patrick Mahomes' health um, in question and, like, it, like he may injure himself or something. So, at the end of the day, smart move. I'd rather lose 20 bucks on that than my team not get another ring because a ring is worth a lot more than $20 to me. Even if I'm not winning it. Like, at the end of the day, my team is winning it. I'm a part of that team. Okay? Um, Cowboys. The Cowboys. What happened? Cowboys, what happened? How do you lose to the Cardinals of Arizona? No, guys, I genuinely do not know how they lost that game. I didn't watch the game because I was watching the Chiefs game and I wouldn't even bother with it. I didn't care. But I saw the Cow, I saw the Cardinals were winning for a lot of the game, and I was like, whoa. No way the Cardinals actually win this, right? Sure enough, they actually won it. And Joshua Dobbs with an absolute masterclass. 17 for 21, 189 yards and a touchdown. Six carries for 55 yards. Obviously had that huge, huge, huge run for 44 yards. Um, James Conner, 14 carries, 98 yards and a touchdown. Dude played like a beast. Tony Pollard did really good as well. 23 carries, 122 yards. Dak Prescott, they just couldn't get it done in the red zone, honestly. Like, when you look at it, they generally just couldn't get it done in the red zone. Brandon Albee went 3-for-3 three three from field goals, but it's just a matter of, like, they would get in the, uh, in the red zone or, like, close to it, and they just get stood up. And it was like, yeah, you can't do that. Like, you can't have that happening, um, which which stuck, which sucked. But, you know, sometimes you, it's just not your day. And it was just not the Cowboys' day, but I was very, very surprised. For the Cardinals' offensive line being as bad as it was and the Cowboys only finishing with two sacks, I was absolutely shocked. I was like, no way. I really thought they were going to absolutely eat them up because their offensive line is terrible. Okay? Obviously, they have a rookie in Paris Johnson at right tackle. I was just like, there's no way that this line actually does anything against this Cowboys' D-line. And sure enough, they held up on their own. They looked really good. Um Coaches are starting to use Rondell more properly, which I'm very, very happy with. The guy is a great young prospect that people just don't know how don't know how to use him. Um, Cliff Kingsbury didn't know how to use him last year. Hopefully, Jonathan Gannon can unlock the keys um, to like his full arsenal. 
Um, as far as like, I guess what whenever I say that, I mean like because he he does a lot more than he's just a receiver. Like he, he doesn't have to just catch balls and then run. Like he can do more. There's more to him that people don't really realize. And hopefully, I think Jonathan Gannett saw that he you know kind of ran with it as far as putting him out running back, and then he broke off that run for 45 yards. And Rondell Moore, not by any means, is a running back. But kind of like how the 49ers use Debo Samuel, like sometimes put him right there and give them a different look. Like they don't know how to really play against that because he could he could just get the ball and run or he could run out on a route and be a crazy, you know, receiver. Because then at that point, most of the time, a linebacker's may end up on him if they're running man. And so now it's kind of like, can a linebacker really keep up with Rondell Moore? Like, let's be serious right now. So great game game planning from the Chief, uh, from the Cardinals, and honestly, thank you for being the Cowboys. Thank you. I know the sports books are loving. They love this past week. I, they they came out with a report. The sports book said, um, for the they said thank you to the Cardinals, the Colts, and the Texans for making us a bunch of money because obviously those were like the least likely favorites and they ended up winning. And so people, you know, throw the minus 500 money line in the parlay and then it doesn't hit. And it's like, wait, what? Because the other team won. So they definitely made a lot of money that way. Um, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers beat the Raiders 23 to 18. I'm not, I'm not happy with the call that Josh McDaniels made at the end of the game. Um, If you guys are watching the game, If you guys are watching the game, Raiders have the ball. Okay, this is like end of the game. You know, you know, it, like it's possible for the Raiders to win, but it's not overly possible. Like I, you just don't see it happening really. But Raiders go, they get the ball at four thirty-five in the fourth. They drive all the way down the field, and they it's a fourth and four, two twenty-two left in the fourth, and they kick a field goal. It was a 26-yard field goal. Guys, they were at Pittsburgh's 8-yard line. Now, granted, on 1st and 10, they got 6 yards. And then on 2nd 4, it was an incomplete pass. 3rd and 4, incomplete pass. And 4th and 4, now you're kind of like, okay, we got stood up twice. Do we really just gamble it? You know? like Because at this point, they're down by 8. It's still a one-possession game. Okay? Now, the thing is, you have to get the 2-point conversion, and that just ties it. But Josh McDaniels, showing that he has no kahunas, just kicks it, which I was very disappointed in. Defense goes out there. Okay, he has to burn all of his timeouts. But they end up getting Pittsburgh to punt after six plays. Um, And in the very next play, Jimmy Garoppolo throws a freaking interception. And Pittsburgh Steelers end up winning the game. Devontae Adams went absolutely crazy. Saved me in fantasy. Dude dropped 42 fantasy points. He had 13 catches for 172 yards and two touchdowns. Absolutely nuclear. George Pickens also did very well. Four catches, 75 yards. Calvin Austin with that huge bomb to start the game off. I'm sure you guys saw that one. That one was a deep one. That was crazy. Um, Thing was, Calvin Austin didn't even do anything. He literally just ran. Like, I think he had one little step, but he basically just ran the entire route and was able to, you know, run run past all the defenders because they just couldn't catch up to him. Um but I mean, if you're, if I'm telling you, if you're a Steelers fan, I wouldn't get too disappointed. I know people were very disappointed um, in their previous game. Um, whenever they had played the, uh, whenever they played the 49ers week one, they were all like, dude, what is this? Like, they were all very disappointed. 
But I was like, dude, don't be worried. You know, like the first game of the season, if you guys know, if you guys have played football, first week is always really rough. You know, because sometimes you have to game plan. You don't really have all the right film because they add so many new players and they change different things. They've had all of this time to prepare for you. Okay, it's really hard to win week one because teams have so much time to prepare, so much time to think about it, and just, you know, adding new guys that you don't really have film on. It's hard. And so that week one game, I wasn't overly worried. And you bounce back week two and get a huge win against the Browns, mainly because Nick Chubb got injured. But you get a win against the Browns nonetheless, and you end up beating the Raiders, and it looks pretty good. You know, you're looking pretty decent. Do they win the the AFC North? Absolutely not. It's going to be the Browns' division, but they're looking pretty decent. I'm not going to lie. Now, Monday Night Football, Eagles beat the Buccaneers 25-11. to 11. No surprises on that game, though. I was more or less surprised that Jalen Hurts threw two picks. And also, DeAndre Swift, 16 carries for 130 yards. Dude, where was this in Detroit? Where was this in Detroit? I mean, who is this guy? This isn't DeAndre Swift. Can we please get him uh, checked? Okay, like, can the piss man please go over to his house and check him out? This man is not human, all right? A.J. Brown, nine nine catches for 131 yards. He balled out. He did really, really well, which I wasn't overly surprised by, especially the week before whenever he was yelling and he was very frustrated that he didn't really get the ball. He's like, dude, I'm one of the best in the league, and y'all not give me the ball. Like, what's up with this? Um, he ends up getting all of his love. Devontae Smith, just four catches for 28 yards. AJ Brown pretty much did all the work. Um, but no surprises from this game. I thought Baker Mayfield would have done better, uh, and he really didn't. And Rashad White just got absolutely hammered. Now, I can't blame him. That offensive line that he's running behind is absolute trash. Mike Evans is carrying the team on his back. Five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know if you guys saw that catch on Reed Blankenship. That one was wild. That one was crazy. Um, but honestly, no surprises in that game. Buccaneers do drop one though. So now the Saints, Falcons, and the Buccaneers are all two and one in that division. Eagles are three and zero. They lead the NFC East mainly thanks to the Cardinals. They better pay them some money or send them a thank you note or something because of that one. So they got lucky on that one. Bengals beat the Rams by three. Honestly, I went over the surprise. I had bet. Bengals minus two before I even knew Joe Burrow was back because I was like, "There's no way the Bengals go down." 0-3, and if they do, then oh well, take my money, like, that just sucks. But there's no way they go down to 0-3, like, like, no shot, right? They end up winning 19-16, I got the line at minus 2, but as soon as they said Joe Burrow's playing, it bumped all the way up to minus 3. So, I know for some people it was a push, for me it was a win though, because I got it early. I'm telling you, it's all about shopping the lines and seeing just what's, what, what's moving, what's going on. Jamar Chase, huge, huge game. 12 catches, 141. That's his first, like, great game. Okay. T. Higgins um, had a bunch of drops, man. I was very disappointed. Dude had eight targets and only had two catches. But like I said, main reason because he just kept dropping the ball. I mean, like, it would hit him in the chest and he'd just drop it. I don't know what I like. I don't know what he was thinking, but he just kept dropping him. I was very disappointed in his performance because he could have done a lot, a lot better, but he didn't. Um, but still, Bengals got out with the dub nonetheless. Very, very close game though. Two, two out well, you know, uh, almost stepped out. However, you may put it, uh, but it, it was close. It was close for sure. Now um, I know I told y'all don't hit the panic button on pan, panic button on T Higgins, and I still wouldn't. 
But I'm starting to shop around for T. Higgins. Me personally, I have him in a couple, one or two leagues, one or two fantasy leagues. And I'm starting to shop around and see what I could get for him. Because I'm not, I wasn't completely sold on him in the draft. And I'm especially not sold on him now. And I just don't know what's going to happen with this Bengals team. I think it's all a big question mark. Um, now, I think Jamar Chase and Deegans are the only people that should be catching passes. Tyler Boyd had five. Uh, he had nine targets, five catches, which I was a little surprised by. But a lot of those were just short routes. Those were just short routes, you know, just dump it off to the slot guy, whatever. Um, Tyler Boyd didn't even have a slot guy build, but that's what they were doing. Um, but I, th- I, I wouldn't be, like I said, don't freak out about T. Higgins. But maybe you should, could shop around and see what you could get for him. Now, if he has a really good week, I'm telling you, you might want to sell on him high because I just don't know if he will. I tried selling high on him week two, but I just wouldn't get anything that I was liking. And so I just held on to him and uh, obviously didn't do, didn't do too great this past week. So I was very, I was very sad about that. Um, but, I mean, it happens. It's all good. Now, um, that's kind of all I got as far as like the week three recap, I guess. Um, no overly surprises is as you guys know, I have, um, I gave you all my picks for who's going to be the division winners and I'll run it back real quick, just to remind you. And I will go over how that's looking because I'm telling you, it looks really good. If you guys know, I told you that every single year, whatever division, if, if somebody in division finished last the next year, they win it, I don't know why, but it just happens. Okay, I don't know why, but like say the Lions finished fourth last year, they could finish first this year because there has always been a division where whoever finished last in the previous year wins the division the next year. Out of all eight divisions, one division, it always happens. It's like a huge, long streak going on. Um, So for the AFC East, for the AFC East, I have the Miami Dolphins and they're currently 3-0. They look really, really good. For the AFC North, I have the Browns, and they are currently tied with the Steelers and the Ravens. Obviously, they lost to the Steelers, so they do uh, they don't have the heads up, but they should get the dub in the next game. Um, AFC South, I have the Jaguars. The Jaguars are one and two. I was very very disappointed in that game against the Texans. Now, it, honestly, it's a little scary because the Colts are two and one, but I'm not overly worried about them. I'm more or less worried about this Texans team. CJ Stroud is balling, but that defense is very very you know iffy where i'm not i'm not too worried about the fc south the fc west we got the chiefs no, there shouldn't be no questions on that one nfc east we got the eagles oh no nfc east i have the cowboys i'm sorry i have the cowboys they are two and one obviously dropping the game a little unfortunate but i do feel th- I, I think they'll rebound they'll be fine uh mike mccarthy's gonna get those boys straight um nfc north had the lions who are two and one they're tied with green bay Obviously, winner tonight is going to take the division lead, so we'll have to see what happens with that. NFC South, we have the Saints. Um, NFC US, we have the 49ers. 49ers win is pretty easy. Uh, the Saints win, it's a, it's a question mark because I didn't think the Buccaneers were going to be as good as they were. Um, and I think the Falcons team is nice. I, just, I don't think people are giving me much credit. But um, I feel like the Falcons need their pass catchers to step up a little bit more. There's not really, you know, they're not performing overly well and they, they really need to get better at it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's looking good. I think the bet is looking good. I think it's looking good for sure. Now in NBA news, Damon Lillard, obviously I'm sure you guys have seen is a buck now. Post a video on my TikTok. If you didn't see it, go check it out. Endless.competing. Um, I pretty much gave trade grades for everything, and I'll, I'll go over it right here as well. Um, 
the so the full trade detail. I'll give you the full trade details, I guess. Um, so the it was a three team trade between the Milwaukee Bucks, the Portland Trailblazers, and the um, the Phoenix Suns. Mainly because the Bucks just didn't have enough to give the Trailblazers to get Dame. So the Suns kind of had to pitch in and help, and they gave a couple pieces to the Suns and whatever. Um, now, the Bucks, all the Bucks got was Damian Lillard. Okay. The Trailblazers get Drew Holiday, a 2029 unprotected first round pick, and a 2028 and 2030 first round pick swaps. If you guys have played uh, my league in 2K, they have a swap best or swap worst. It's definitely swap best for the Trailblazers. So whoever has the better first round pick is going to get that pick. So essentially, essentially, if the Bucks do better than the Trailblazers, then they only gave up a first round pick and some players for Damian Lillard, which honestly is a huge, huge W for them. Super, super lucky. Okay. Um, and from the Suns, they got DeAndre Ayton. And uh, Tumani Kamara, who I didn't even know who that was, but they got him. DeAndre Aiden was a huge, huge piece. I think he's going to do very well in Portland. Um, I think Scoot, Anthony Simons, um, and DeAndre Aiden is going to be a great uh, three-man punch. You know, if you can keep all those guys healthy, it looks really, really good. Anthony Simons and DeAndre Aiden are both on a little bit of a more expensive deals. Um and obviously, Scoot Henderson was the number three overall pick, so he's a little bit higher than most rookies, but he's not nearby as expensive as some of these players. Um, so I, I think they should be able to keep that that core intact. But I, it's honestly a decent core. I'm not going to lie. It's a decent core. Um, the Suns are getting Yusuf Nurkic, who came from the Blazers. They're also getting Nasir Little and Keon Johnson. And then Milwaukee is sending them Grayson Allen. Okay? So the... So the so the Trailblazers sent Dame to the Bucks, okay, and then they got rid of their center, their small forward, and a backup point guard in Keon Johnson, and those three went to the Suns, and the Suns gave them DeAndre and Tamani Kamara. So basically, the Trailblazers gave up Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson for DeAndre eight, okay, because Tamani Kamara is probably not going to do much. But they did. They give up all that for DeAndre Aiden, which I'm honestly not. I don't hate it because Nurkic is a little bit of an older guy. Nasir Little has a lot of upside. He has been injured, but I'm not gonna lie. Last year in the second half of the season, he looked pretty good. Okay, he looked pretty good. Um, and I think behind learning behind Kevin Durant, I think he could be a really, really good player. Now, don't forget the Trailblazers do still have Jeremy Grant, who they signed to an absolutely ridiculous extension in the offseason. Still don't know how he was able to manage that contract. I thought it was an absolute highway robbery right in front of my face. So they do still have him over there. So DeAndre Aiden, Jeremy Grant, um, Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, and I don't know who their small forward is going to be. I don't know their whole depth chart. But the team actually looks pretty decent. I'm not going to lie. The team looks pretty decent. Okay? I think they could be a fringe playoff team, maybe a play-in team. We'll have to see. Um and then Milwaukee, they don't they don't get anything from the Suns. Okay? They're not getting anything from the Suns. All they're doing is giving Grayson Allen to the Suns as like a thank you for cooperating with us type thing. Um because every team has to inter- interact with each other. And Grayson Allen is an absolute like most hated player in the league because of how he plays. 
Uh, you guys know, like the you know kicking the balls and everything. Super hated. So I think the Bucks are kind of happy to get get rid of him as far as like bad press and stuff like that. <laughs> um, Damian Lillard. Uh, and so I'll go over the trade grades real quick before I give a full analysis for the Bucks. They made this move because one, Drew Holiday was getting old, and he just showed like no offensive upside. Drew Holiday is one of the best uh, defending, like defending guards in the league. Okay, he's one of the best defenders in the league at the guard position. Offensively, he's not there anymore. He was there, you know, whenever he was with New Orleans in his first couple of years with the Bucks. But now he, he's just not there. He just doesn't have the offensive ability anymore to, like, create space, you know, shoot off the dribble and just make moves and stuff that you need from a guard. Uh, he really can just lock down and play great defense and have great transitional defense, which sometimes you need as well. Sometimes you need somebody to play really good defense, but you would also like some good offensive upside, and I just don't think he was giving that to them because he, he he's not a great pass reader. He's not a great, great passer, and they had they had spot-up shooters you know, built around Giannis, which is a smart thing to do, and he just wasn't able to dish it as well as he needed to. So honestly, great move from them. You get Damian Lillard. And most importantly, you keep Giannis happy. Okay. I don't know if Giannis has come out and said anything. I haven't looked really. But Giannis, obviously, a couple months ago, said that he wasn't crazy about signing an extension with the Bucks because he didn't know where they were at as far as winning a ring and whatnot. Because he wants to win a ring. Okay. Whenever you have that taste, that that feeling of winning a championship or even going to the finals. It's just a taste that you can get out your, your mouth. You know, like you just want it. You crave it more and more and more. And like that's all you want to do. No matter how much money you get, it's like, dude, I want that feeling again. You know, I want to be able to hold that trophy and say, I'm a world champion. Okay. It, it it's just a feeling that you that you can't just recreate. Okay. And that's what Giannis wants. And so he wasn't crazy about signing his decision because he didn't know if that's what the Bucs were willing to do. If he didn't know if they were willing to go all in or what. Well, after this move, it looks like they're willing to go all in, okay? Because now you have Giannis, Dame, Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez. That is a pretty good starting five. Older guys, of course. Older guys, of course. But that's still a really good starting five. I'm not. That's a really good starting five. I really like that starting five. Um, so as far as the Bucks, what it does for them long term, not crazy about, not crazy about it. But you basically gave up one first round pick, and uh, you gave up one for one first round pick, Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen for Damian Lillard. I I think it was a really really good move on their part. Drew Holiday is an old guy, okay. Um, Drew Holiday specifically is um. What is he? I think he's like 30. Yeah, he's 33. Damian Lillard is 33. They're the same age. Okay, they're the same age. You know, you got rid of somebody who's the same age as this guy you're getting. You got rid of Grayson Allen. And like I said, Grayson Allen wasn't an overly liked player in the in the league. And I feel like some guys, you know, kind of beating up on him. Because like I said, he's a little bit of an but But he's 27. He's not even that great, you know? So I'm telling you, honestly, great move from the Bucks. I'm going to give it an A. I really their their championship odds are now at plus six hundred. I don't know if they'll beat the Suns though, because the Suns are pretty crazy. Um, but I do like the move for the Bucks. I'm gonna give the Bucks an A. 
Now, for the Trailblazers, not going to lie, I feel like you could have got more from the Heat. I feel like you could have got more elsewhere. Me, personally, I wanted to see Dame in a Thunder uniform. I know that's crazy to say, but we have so many picks. We really could have just got Dame and then trying to win a ring this year. Straight up. Like, we really could have. Okay, but y'all, y'all, you know, we ain't want to ruin y'all uh, chances just yet. You know, we, we're going to wait till next year to get our ring. But I... I really feel like they could have gotten more elsewhere. I, I, I think that they were just frustrated with how long it was taking and how uh, Dame was becoming as far as like how rude he was and just not wanting to be around the team and what he was saying to the press. So they were like, yeah, we got to move him. Um, and the Trailblazers aren't sold on Drew Holiday. Like they traded for Drew Holiday and then they're like, okay, we're going to try and trade Drew Holiday for somebody else. They're probably going to look for a young uh, forward, if I had to guess, because now they have Deion. They, they're probably a small forward specifically. If I had to guess... They want to go for um, maybe like a Cam Whitaker um, from the from the Rockets. Cam Whitmore from the Rockets. You guys know he was drafted late first round. Should have been like a, a lottery pick, like a top five pick. But he fell a lot because of injury question marks. Um, I feel like they're looking for somebody like that as far as like a small forward who's a younger guy uh, who they can just take on and hopefully train uh, to be a great a great player for them. Because, like I said, they have DeAndre Ayton, they have Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, Scoot Henderson. They just need that that small forward build. Um, so for the the Trailblazers, just because I believe you could have got more, I'm going to give you a B minus. But you get rid of Damian Lillard, you know, you get rid of the huge, huge contract. But it's also you could have got more, and I feel like you just settled whenever you shouldn't have. So I'm going to give them the B minus. For the Suns, though, you get Nurkic, you get Nasir Little and Keon Johnson. I think Nasir Little is going to do great behind KD. They both have a similar build, a similar play style, a similar shot selection. I think he's going to do really well as far as training this year a little, and I think Nurkic is going to be a great center. Nurkic doesn't need the ball in his hands. DeAndre Aiden would demand for the ball. Nurkic is absolutely not going to demand the ball. He's just going to get rebounds and help his team win because at the end of the day, he just wants to win. He's in, he's another Steven Adams. He's a little bit of a worse Steven Adams. That's, that's, that's what Nurkic is. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love Steven Adams. Steven Adams is one of my favorite centers of all time. Um, and, you know, that's probably what the Suns need because the Suns have three guys who like to play on ball. Okay? But, I mean, not many people like playing off ball. And then the Suns could still play off ball. You know, KD and D-Book could play off ball. Whoever plays point guard, I think Bradley Beal should. But whoever plays point guard, like, it doesn't matter because all of them can play on ball or off ball. But, obviously, they play well or play better on ball, but you only have one on ball. You only have one ball to play on. So, honestly, you you know, you get rid of DeAndre Ayton, who would sometimes demand for the ball in the post, and you bring Nurkic, who is a humble guy who genuinely doesn't care if he scores one point. You know, as long as his team is winning, he does not care. And, honestly, that's what you need sometimes, okay? Um, and, like I said, I love to see a little off the bench. I think the Suns really really freaking good now. I think they look really, really good. And Keon Johnson's kind of like a small asset, a small piece, but I think he could be a good 12th man for the team. Somebody to just come off the bench whenever, uh, or especially if they get injuries with some of their guys, I think that could be some good depth for them because, you know, he's a little bit of a younger guy, and uh, I, I think he could have some good value for the team as far as, you know, if injuries um, occur or whatnot, uh, he'd be able to slide in that role for them. <clears throat> And uh, so for the Suns, for the Suns, I'll probably give them a B plus because I like the Nurkic move. I like Nasir Little. Yeah, I'll probably give them a B plus. So I'll give the Bucks an A. We'll give the um, the Trailblazers a B minus. We'll give the Suns a B plus. 
pretty decent trade. Uh, do I think all parties won? Probably not, especially the Trailblazers. But I think the Suns and the Bucks won for sure. For sure. Okay. Now, I want to talk about one of the, I would say, best QB draft classes in the past 15 years. Okay. I saw a graphic come up the other day. It was like the 2020 QB draft class, the best of all time. And I was like, that's a pretty decent argument we're having there. It's a pretty decent argument. 2020 was headlined by Joe Burrow, obviously. Stud. I don't even talk about Joe Burrow and where he's at. Super stud. Okay. We don't even need to talk about him. Okay. Everybody knows who he is. The next quarterback taken was at number five, and that was Tua. Tua also need to talk about where he is. Dude is having an MVP caliber season. He's currently the favorite to win MVP. Okay. And a guy who would be right behind him had it not be for his team that's one and two, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert at number six. He looks really fracking good. Okay. He looks like a beast. He is slinging the rock like a demon. All right. Another quarterback who's also taken in this draft was Jordan Love. Jordan Love was taken at 26. Good quarterback out of Ohio, uh, out of Utah State. Whenever they drafted him, everybody had a bunch of question marks. They were like, whoa, like what? What, 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 what is this? Like, why are why are we taking Jordan Love? Like, you know, like we have Aaron Rodgers. And so far it's look, it's working out for them. Um but I think it I think it produced the right question as far as like why are we taking him? But the guy looks good. Not gonna say superstar yet, but I think Burrow, Herbert, Tua, and this next guy, Jalen Hurts, in the second round, are all superstars. I think they are all superstars. Um, and I think Jordan Love could be there, but I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's there yet. I don't even think he'll be a pro bowler. Um but this QB draft class is loaded. It, it was loaded. It was a really, really good one. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I was I I like this class a lot. Um, honestly, all the players, like even the um, even the um, the like the skill positions, I still like this draft a lot. If I'm being honest, okay. Uh, obviously, Jeremy Chin taking late second. That's a that's a sleeper pick right there. That that's a stud guy. Um, but no, I honestly, I can't think of a draft that was better. I think you could say, uh, was it the 2017 NFL draft that had, uh, uh, the quarterbacks taken? Yeah. I mean, you could say the 2017 NFL draft. Um, that's the Mitch Trubisky one. And then, uh, they also had Patrick Mahomes was taken and Deshaun Watson, um, See if there's somebody else that you guys might like recognize. Um, Deshaun Kaiser. I know you, you guys should know that that name, but I wouldn't. You probably shouldn't know him for the right reasons. <laughs> um, but no, all they really had, all they really had was Patrick Mahomes and stuff. Yeah, all they had was Patrick Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson. So yeah, I think 2020 really could be the best year. If I'm being honest, I really think it could be the best year. Y'all, let me know though. Y'all, let me know what y'all think. But I think that is. Probably the best quarterback draft year in recent recent years. I'm not. I'm not going back to the 2000s. We're not going all that. That's a little far. Now, I got some fantasy football news for y'all. All right. Let me know what y'all think. 
I got some waiver wire targets. I'm not going to tell you the usual targets that everybody's trying to tell you because I have some sleeper guys who are owned in 12% of leagues on ESPN right now. Okay. Number one guy I got for y'all. I lie. I'll give y'all kind of a more obvious one. He's owned in 60% of leagues, but I think uh, he's bound to get the starting job. It's Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, running back for the Steelers, the guy's a beast. The guy's a monster. He runs out of his mind. He's a great, great pass catcher. They already use him very well. He averages about seven and a half fancy points per game, which, yes, it's not a lot, but he doesn't even have the full workload. Okay? He doesn't even have the full workload, guys. Right now, Najee Harris gets the workload. He gets a lot of the workload, but Jalen Warren is right there on him. Okay? Last game, Jalen Warren, so far this season, he has about a 42% snap share percentage. Okay? So, 42% of the time when they snap the ball, he is on the field as well. Okay? And still, he has been putting up really, really good numbers. Okay? He hasn't even gotten in the end zone, and he still puts up pretty decent numbers. And I'm telling y'all, he's going to take the starting spot at some point this season. He's only rostering about 60% of leagues. If you can pick him up, I would tell you go pick him up because this guy's going to be a good running back, especially if running back room is questionable with Saquon or whatever injuries these running backs are facing. I would definitely go check him out and see if you could get him because the guy is an absolute stud for sure. All right. Another guy I'm going to talk to you about, he's a receiver out of Kansas City, Rasheed Rice. Owned in about 10% of leagues. Um, about 50% on, um, it's about, he's at about 50% on sleeper, but as far as ESPN, he is at, uh, 10.2%. And look, you look at his projection, his projection is low. Yes. His projection for week four is 6.8 points, which, okay. But on average, he scores 8.8 points. And this guy is consistently getting closer and closer to the end zone. All right. You guys know last game, if you're watching it, he he had two chances where he could have gotten to the end zone, but they deemed him down at the one. But he is right there. He is right there to get in the end zone. If he would have got those two touchdowns, he would have had 20 fantasy points last week. Over 20 fantasy points last week, actually. I mean, huge. Huge, 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 huge. Um, a lie. He would have had over... Yeah, he would have had over 20. It would have been like 24 or something. But no... Huge, huge guy. Huge, huge, huge game for the guy. And I think he's only going to get better. He has huge touchdown upside because of where he plays. He plays both in outside and slot. And they don't really throw short routes to him. Okay? He doesn't really get too many short routes. And if he does, it's typically a slant. And he's getting about 10, 12 yards on those. So it's an automatic, you know, two points in fantasy. I'm telling you, go check him out. Go pick him up if you can. Because this guy is an absolute stud. He's Patrick Mahomes. One of his favorite targets, obviously behind Travis Kelsey, but the dude is a beast. Okay, the dude is an absolute demon. Now, another guy I want to talk to you about is another receiver, a young receiver as well, also a rookie, just like Rasheed Rice, Joshua Downs out of Indianapolis. Currently owned in 9.7% of leagues. Okay, um, it was about 3%. This guy is projected to have 10.4 points this week in fantasy. Okay. He has a huge, huge upside, huge upside, not much downside in my honest opinion. I don't think there's a whole lot of downside with him. Um, last week, he had 80% snap share, had 12 targets for eight catches and 57 yards. 
Obviously not too many yards, but the targets are there. Now, this was with Gardner Minshew, so it's a little bit of a different quarterback. Possibly could see Anthony Richardson come back. But the way that he played this last game, maybe, just maybe, the coach is like, Anthony Richardson, see if you could get it to him because this guy makes plays. See if you get it to him, get the ball in his hands, and let's see what we can do. All right? Um, and so I definitely think you should check him out. Like I said, he's owned in less than 10% of leagues. Uh, if you need some help with the wide receiver position, he's a great flex option. He has not gotten the end zone yet, so he is due. All right, he is due. I would not be surprised if he gets into the end zone this week um, because he is playing a L.A. Rams defense, which does allow a good bit of passing yards, uh, a good bit of fantasy points to wide receivers. I think he's a great start this week, and I definitely think it's somebody that you should keep your eyes out on. All right? Now, y'all let me know about those picks. I think those picks are fire. Okay, I think those picks are fire. That's the first time I've ever done waiver wire targets, and Jalen Warren, a little bit of a higher one, but Rasheed Rice and Josh Downs, I feel like those are pretty lower-scaled ones. Like People don't really talk about, um, but y'all let me know. I think I did that right. I say I think I did that right because, like I said, I've never done it before, and I try to, I'm, you know, obviously don't want to give Justin Jefferson, like, obviously, you know, pick up Justin Jefferson if he's on the waiver wire. He shouldn't be, but if he is, then obviously pick him up. Um, but I feel like I did that right. Y'all let me know, though. Look, that's all I got. Thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, Will Hempfield. This has been Endless Competing. I love you guys all so much. Thank you for listening. And remember, never stop competing, my friends. Let's go!